Hello and welcome to Conversations. I'm your host, Dawn, and this podcast is just a lighthearted, easygoing show where we talk all things soul, spirit, and self-discovery. I just want to learn and grow and elevate in the best way possible, and I want you to come with me. I'm looking forward to all these new people that I'm going to meet and possibly building a brand new soul tribe. If you are new here, welcome. I am so happy to have you. And if you are returning and have been following me, thank you so much. Welcome back. I am just so happy to have you all here with me. So if you are ready, let's go. Welcome to another episode of Conversations. Today we have Bevan. Welcome, Bevan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. So Bevan has done just a couple things in her life. <laughs> um, recently author of a book, Your Damn Manifesto, and she has a podcast, All the Damn Things. Now, um, I assume it's not just because you like to cuss all the time. Damn, <laughs> damn has a purpose, correct? It sure does. I'm not just a little bit sweary. It does mean something, I promise. <laughs> okay, so explain how you came up with your podcast name and, you know, what is DAM? What is DAM? So I'll tell you a little bit of the backstory. So in 2019, um, my husband surprised me that he was going to take me on a trip to France for my 40th birthday. And then through a whirlwind of events, two weeks after he told me we're going, I ended up losing my job. And then that summer, I decided I didn't want to look for a job anymore. I wanted to start my own business. Now, we had two young kids. I think Guinevere was two and Jonathan was five months old. So we were you know, really scared and uncertain when that happened. But we decided to give it a try and I started growing my business. We got to November when it was time to leave for our trip and we still thought we shouldn't go because it's totally crazy. We're going to be in planes the same amount of time that we were on the ground <laughs> with 39 hours, but it was just the two of us. So it was great that we were going to have this time together. We ended up going, had an amazing trip, got to be together, you know, really reconnect to who we were before we had kids and before we got married. Right. And when we got back and we were planning for Thanksgiving because it was, you know, November, it was my favorite holiday, doing stuff around the house, getting ready. And the day after Thanksgiving, I went upstairs to wake up Mark and he had passed away in the middle of the night. Unbelievable completely unexpectedly. He had undiagnosed heart disease. We had no idea that this was coming. And now all of a sudden I was a solo parent of two kids under three. I had this brand new business that was growing, but had not yet stood the test of time. And I'm doing everything without my, cheer my biggest cheerleader and the love of my life and my best friend. And about a month after that, I made a post on Facebook about the trip and about losing Mark and about my birthday. And I ended it by saying, whenever you're faced with a choice, just take the damn trip. And that really resonated with people. And I got so many messages about people not putting a trip off or not saying no to something that they really wanted to do or not pushing that dream to the side anymore. And so I started to look at all of the hardest things that I had been through, not just losing Mark, but I lost my dad to cancer when I was 24. I lost my home in a house fire in 2010. I, my kiddos are IVF babies. So I've been through years of fertility treatments and a miscarriage. And I looked at all of the most amazing things that I've done. So I grew that business. We, Mark and I built our dream home in central Ohio. Um, I know it doesn't sound like a dream location, central Ohio. <laughs> as I said that, I was like, oh, the dream. But it, it's our dream home. So, and right. then, um, you know, I had these babies through IVF and I started to ask myself, 
what is it that I do differently, not better, but differently than other people to navigate these things? And that is where the DAM framework started to come to life. And so it stands for decide and declare, attend your own party, moments, not minutes, and now is the time. And it is the foundation of every amazing thing that I've done in my life is the do the damn thing method. So it's crafting your damn manifesto, finding your damn people and getting your damn results. And I've used it for not just growing my business and my relationships, but I went after my biggest dream to date. And that is that I moved forward with the IVF that Mark and I had been planning when he passed away. And so I gave birth to our daughter 20 months after he died. Oh my gosh. Did people think you were crazy? <laughs> Some did. Um, <laughs> you know, it's this is one of those things I talk about a lot. I talk a lot about the difference between permission and support. Because mm. when I first told a few people about wanting to have my daughter, a couple of them basically told me they thought it was a terrible idea. And what they didn't understand was that I was not asking them for permission. I was I was offering them the chance to support me. But we go around unconsciously asking for permission all the time. We say things like, I'm thinking about starting a business. What do you think? Or I, I might want to quit my job. Do you think that I should? Or, you know, any of these, I'm thinking about getting back out there and starting to date again. What do you think I should do? And that what do you think or do you think that I should has this inherent question that is asking that person for permission. And we usually care about that person's opinion. And what they do is they're trying it on for themselves. And if they are at all uncomfortable, they'll start to eat away at your dream. Oh, gosh, that is so true. Yeah. Well, and if you ask too many people, you oh, get gosh. so many conflicting things. And it's yeah. like, good Lord, I don't even I don't think I didn't even want to do it anymore. <laughs> like, I, what was I thinking? I'm an idiot. Why was I thinking that? Well, like, it's such a um, conflicting thing because you assume that they're going to support you because it's you. Right. Well, so there's a couple of things about that. So the decide and declare, I talk about that. We a lot of times people will think, oh, in order to really show that I'm brave, I need to go shout it from the social media rooftops or I need to like really like plant my my flag in the ground and say, I'm going to do this. But too often then we're telling people too soon. And so I use what I call layered declarations. And you start just by declaring it to yourself. And then you start bringing in two to three cheerleaders who have the capacity to cheer you on without um, criticism, without question or critique. Eventually, you want questions. But to start, right. you just want the people who have that capacity to say, yes, I am here for you. When, so after I told a few people about wanting to have my daughter and a couple of people were negative, I stopped talking to them. I didn't kick them out of my life. I said, you can support me in a different specific way, but you're not the kind of support I need right now. And I started a text chain with three of my close but not closest friends because they weren't so close that they were they would be scared for me because that's what it is. It's not that they're malicious. Mm -hmm. They're scared for you. They want to keep you safe. They want to keep you healthy. And it makes them nervous what you want to take on. And so they start to ask you the, ooh, do you think that I, you should? What if this? Right. So I started a text chain and I told them, your only job is to say, yay, blood test, fantastic <laughs> ultrasound. You took seven pregnancy tests. That's great. Like that was your only job. And that's what they did. And they were amazing. And then as 
my confidence grew, as the baby grew, I started to invite more people in because my dream and my confidence could start to stand up to more questions and critiques. Wow. That is so big. Did you gain a brand new soul tribe? Like since we'll say the last 10 years and just everything that's happened to you, have you gotten a brand new friend group based oh, on how much your life has changed? Ooh, what a good question. Well, I mean, I live in a, <laughs> I live in a different state because my home burned down oh in 2010. And so I moved back to Ohio just to spend time with my family. And then I met Mark and never moved back to Chicago. I definitely have, I, I think I have very, some of the very same core people in my life who I think will always be in my life. Now, they may shift a little bit. I may not talk to them every day, but they're the type of person that if I happen to be in Kansas City, I'm going to go see my friend Missy. I haven't seen her in two years, but we sit down to brunch like no time has passed. Right. I love that. And there are some people that were, have not been comfortable about me having Miristella, and that's okay. They're not really part of my life right now. They might be in the future. I don't know. So I think there is some shifting and some ebbing and some flowing, and I think that happens to all of us. Mm -hmm. You know, when I, I talk about finding your damn people, and I say you really need three types of allies in each of the important areas of your life. So you need somebody who's walking the path at about the same place as you. You need somebody who can be a guide or a mentor, and you need somebody who's inspiration. And for me, I'm a mom, obviously, of three children under the age of seven. So I have mm -hmm. young children. Right. And I can't just go out and say, I need mom friends. I need mom friends who have young children. They are walking that same part of the path for me because when all of my friends were had had kids who were preteens um, or just a little bit older, I got a lot of, oh, it gets better. And that's not useful when you're no. in the thick of it and you've got two kids in diapers and sleep problems. You know, yes, it might get better, but that just feels like I shouldn't um, be struggling now. And yeah. so people forget, oh, what was it like when we did struggle? Yeah, I think that's probably, it just had a light bulb. I think that's probably why a lot of girls don't click with their mother-in-laws. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is they, so true. <laughs> they say that kind of stuff like, oh, I remember, you know, you'll get through it. Oh, you know, what's it like yeah. to not sleep at night? Ha ha ha. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so true. But when we yeah. realize that. But when we realize that and we say, okay, this is not the the ally that's walking the path with me, right. I can choose if I want that person to be a guide or a mentor. It has to be somebody that you're actually asking advice for. So maybe mother-in-laws aren't the right person, but right. you get a lot of unsolicited advice sometimes. But if you have somebody, and it can be a coach, but it could be somebody who's just further down the path that you say to them, oh my gosh, how did you handle this? You know, my my daughter is six and a half and she's in first grade and she doesn't really want to learn how to write. Mm -hmm. And so I might reach out to some of, she's really smart. She just likes to know. She doesn't like to learn. Right. And so I reach out to some of my friends. I'm like, how did you handle that? And they might give me advice because I've asked for it. Right. And yeah. so that might be that. Or you might say, 
wow, that person over there, I love how they parent in this situation. And that's your inspiration, not to be that person, but to embody some of those elements that inspire you. Yeah. And you know, you have to assume that people mean the best, but they just, sometimes the words just come out and you're like, can you repeat that out loud and just listen to that for a minute? Because you went through a miscarriage, you went through a passing of a spouse. I mean, huge, huge things. And I'm sure you heard the dumbest stuff from people that meant well, but it's like, no, no, just please stop talking. Like there's yeah. no bright side to this. There's no, um, God only gives you as much as you can handle garbage. You know, it's like, <laughs> no, I am going through something right now. Just say I'm here for you. Yes. Uh, you know, and that's it though. People don't know how to deal with grief. We're not very good at grief in this country and in this society, but this country in particular, we're not very good at it. And so people don't know what to say. And so they'll say something stupid or they won't say anything at all. And then you feel really left alone and isolated. So I will tell you, it seems like one of the most offensive things I can say to people is that's not very kind. Right. Which sounds so weird that that's what offends people, but people aren't used to having that mirror held up to them to say what you just said was not kind. Yeah. How do you go through your life and detach yourself from your story because Mm. your story has obviously brought you to where you are today, but it's also very difficult to not, to not associate yourself with everything that you've gone through. How do you do it? No one's ever asked me that question before. I think because I do associate myself with everything that I've gone through and we all so the A, the attend your own party is um, we can't choose what happens to us, but we can always choose how we respond. Right. And I refuse to be a victim. And, and what I mean by that is I encourage people to take what I call 100% radically loving responsibility for your role in the experience of your life. Mm-hmm. And so that means it's not my fault that Mark died. It is. It was not my responsibility that he died by any means, and I don't ignore my grief. I I don't. I, I mean, some days I guess I might wallow in it, but it's only because I say I'm owning it, and so then mm-hmm. it will pass faster. But I know that I can choose my thoughts and therefore change my experience, and so I talk about Mark a lot. I talk about him with our kids. We talk about how it's okay to be sad Mm -hmm. and that it's okay to be happy and all of these things. And so I think maybe my response to that is I don't associate myself with a stereotype of a widow. Right. And like you said, a victim. That yeah. that's what stuck out to me is just, yes, it's horrible. It's absolutely terrible. Yeah. But if you stay in that label of victim, mm-hmm. that's what you're going to see yourself as all the time. And you're never going to see that things are actually getting better yeah. or, you know, enjoying your children. You know, you yeah. want to be able to enjoy, you can't wallow every day, all day and miss your experience with your kids. So I think that's huge that you don't wallow in that victim status. Yeah. And I think there are people who enjoy that victim 
mentality, that victim right. status. That's how they sort of have gotten fueled and gotten attention. And you can tell that because you they typically take what would seemingly be a very small thing. And usually it starts with, of course, this happened to me. <laughs> and And I'm always like, in my, I have so much compassion and empathy for people who are going through hard things because whatever you're going through is your hard, right? right? And it's the hardest thing for you because you're the one experiencing it. Yeah. And you, we can always make ourselves feel better or worse just looking in a different direction of, oh, I want to make myself feel better, me personally, because I'm like, oh, that person has never known love and I did. So, oh, I feel better. Or I can make myself feel worse by saying that person has their husband and I don't. Mm-hmm. But that's useless. It's, right. It's not helpful in any way. And so instead, we just compare ourselves to where we've been and where we want to go. And when people have that that craving, that attention through victim mentality, that is just – that's their hit. That's their high. Yeah. And to me, it just is exhausting. Yeah. And I don't want to live like that. It's not healthy. Right. What, uh, um, were you uh, like uh, any type of motivational, what was your business be before Mark died? The business that you started, <laughs> what, what is the business? Well, it's, yeah, it's no longer the business. Okay. So it, um, I, I got, I, like I said, I got laid off in 2019. It was the third time I'd been laid off in 10 years. And so I took what I'd been doing for those 10 years and which was digital marketing, launch execution, brand direction. Mm -hmm. And I was using I was using those skills to work with small businesses and entrepreneurs to grow their businesses. So I grew that business from zero to three hundred thousand dollars in 18 months. Wow. Even grieving the loss of my husband and even in the middle of the pandemic. And that was a big contributor when I looked at creating the damn framework. I was like, how did I do that? Yeah, that's awesome. Especially right before COVID. I mean, yeah. talk about having, you know, do do all the things, you know, take the trips, eat mm -hmm. the cake, and then having the whole world shut down. Yeah. It's like then people really did understand and appreciate everything that they could do before right. that all happened. Right. Wow. So that's what I did. And then now I still work with entrepreneurs sometimes, but I, with the do the damn thing method, Everything is through that lens and that filter. And so if you want to grow a business, the first thing we do is we look at your damn manifesto and that's your yes and your six dimensional why. If you want to get healthier, we look at your damn manifesto. If you want to have a family, we look at your damn manifesto. It's always centered around that. Then finding your damn people. So who do you need to support you? Who do you need to help bring something to life? And then getting the damn results. And so does it matter whether I'm working with a woman who just wants more in her life mm -hmm. or someone who wants to grow a business? It's still that same path. Are you spiritual at all? I am. Were you relying heavily on God at the time of Mark's death or what did you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, because this is what I – so I, my, I was raised Catholic. My dad, who passed away when I was 24 – you know, one of the things he said to my sisters and I was, I just wish you were religious. And I said, dad, I'm very spiritual. I'm just mm -hmm. not particularly religious. And so I don't know, because when I, when you ask me that question, I don't really recall say, like praying. Mm -hmm. um, I have a big belief that there is a, a power, a higher power than me. Right. Um, I used to joke 
like if there wasn't, I probably shouldn't have made it through my twenties. <laughs> I made a lot of really bad decisions. <laughs> Something was looking out for me. Yeah, so, I can relate. <laughs> yeah. I feel my dad with me. I feel my grandmother. I feel Mark with me all the time. And so I feel very strongly that we are guided by something. And I'm just, I guess I'm not particularly concerned about calling it something. Right. Sure. Just the labels. Yeah. So I definitely grieved and felt devastated. And there were days and weeks that I didn't know how I was going to move forward. And I just have this belief that I will. Oh, that's awesome. Belief. Yeah. That things will move forward. Well, you're, you're doing a lot right now for having three little kids. Like <laughs> how, how do you find the energy motivation yeah. drive to, to do all these things? Cause you're having to give people energy. People are coming to you, like, get me inspired, get me yeah. geared up. And you're like, I am running on fumes. right now. <laughs> um, yeah. How do you, how are you doing this? Well, I do. I do have a lot of help. I consciously bring help in both in my personal life with childcare and my family lives nearby. And then with my business, I know that I can't do it all by myself. But I, I, I go back to this finding your yes and your why, because what I know is that we can get distracted by hundreds of things. And mm. I am guilty of this. And so when you have that damn manifesto, and I'll share mine here in a second. But when you have that, then that becomes the touchstone and you hold new projects and new ideas up to that. And if it is in support of it, it's a yes. But if it's not in support of it, it's a no. And so my damn manifesto is I want to share the damn framework with as many people as possible in as many ways as possible in order to create a sustainable, thriving business that both supports and inspires my family and the world. And so when somebody comes to me and says, hey, can you come on my podcast and talk about your launch management and your launch execution? I'm like, no, <laughs> because <laughs> that's not in support. I mean, I might if I can still do it through the do the damn thing framework. Right. But it's not in support of that. Or they'll say, you know, can you come lead this project? And, that, and then I'll say no, because it's not in support of that. But if it's, hey, can you come speak at this event? And it's going to be 3,500 women who are looking for inspiration. I'm like, yeah, yeah, right. let's do it. Right. And that just helps us because when we say yes to anything, we're saying no to thousands of other things. Right. And so we have to be more intentional with our yeses. Yeah, so true. And so many people have a hard time saying no. And yeah. once they realize, once they do it, like dip your toe in it just a little bit. Once you <laughs> say it enough times, it's like, oh, this is easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and start thinking about where your yes is. You know, for me, when I, so, you know, my three kids are in school and one of my, my youngest is in a very um, volunteer heavy school. And so there are times where, in fact, even today, they sent an email out and they said, um, can somebody volunteer on Wednesday? Well, I just had surgery last week. I can't right. lift anything over eight pounds. And so I emailed back. I said, you know, I'm really not able to do that. I'm sorry. Because my yes is to my healing. Right. And to making sure that long-term my body can return to its full capacity. So it wasn't that I was, oh, I'm, I'm just going to say no. It's, I already have said yes to something else. Right. 
Well, and you're no good to anybody if you're, if your body's not in shape, if you're not mentally okay, like you have to take care of yourself first in order to be a productive mom or person yeah. in yeah. society. I mean, that's the first person you need to think about is yourself. Yeah. And sometimes it's just saying a different yes. I think, you know, going back to what we started talking about with, you know, when people were not supporting a, an idea, mm -hmm. there are times where we need specific support. And that is, I need someone to help me move this couch. I need someone to help me figure out how to build a website. That's specific support. Right. And then there are times we need support from a specific person. I need my sister to cheer me on. I need, you know, my my partner, my spouse to get on board. Those two things may not overlap in the way that we think they will. So when we say I need I need specific support, I need somebody to cheer my business on. You know, your partner might be not be able to do that at first because they're scared about your financial situation. That's okay. Find a different way that they can support you. And so if you're feeling this weird angst around saying no to things, maybe it's just not that. And right. oh, I, you know, if it's, it's I sometimes will say, like, if I want to go out to a dinner with a girlfriend on Thursday. And I call a girlfriend, I'm like, hey, are you available? And she says, no, then I have to choose. Okay, well, do I want to have dinner with her? Because if I do, let's find another night. Do I just want to have dinner with someone? Well, then I'm <laughs> going to just keep asking more friends until there's someone free. Or do I just want a night out, like out of my home, mm -hmm. out of being touched out by my kids? Well, then maybe <laughs> I go to the spa. Right. So what is a manifesto and is it something that you have um, or does it change? Does it change with you and you as you change or as the years go by, does your manifesto change? So you can have a damn manifesto for any important area of your life. So it is the yes and then it's the six dimensional why because we have these ideas, whatever they are. And then we have one, I call it a flimsy little why, right? I want to get healthy because I want to be able to play with my kids. Or I want to start a business because I want to make more money. But the problem when we have just one why is that when it's not working yet, it's easy to give up. Sure. And so we craft something that covers all the six areas of our life, which is financial, emotional, mental, physical, social, and spiritual. And in doing that, then when one why has not been fulfilled yet, we can rest on the others. So you might notice that when I said my 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 damn manifesto for my business, it was to support and inspire my family because on the months when I feel that it might be easier to just go get a job because financially <laughs> we're not hitting the numbers, right? I can go back to my spiritual why, which is this is my soul's purpose. This is why I was put here on earth was to share the do the damn thing method in the damn framework. And that's, so I rest on that or I can rest on the mental why of I get to solve really interesting challenges. Yeah. Is that what keeps you inspired? I mean, yeah, something has to every day. So if I'm like, <laughs> well, today it's not, so, I mean, so I'm thinking about this as you're saying that. So today, like I said, um, I had surgery last week and today I was like just kind of feeling a little bit off. And so you are the only thing I'm doing today, which I'm super excited about. This interview is the only oh, thing. Oh, I feel honored. Thank you. But physically, for my business, that's part of my why. My physical why is that I get to work from anywhere and I get to set my own schedule and I get to 
honor where I am. So that's kind of the inspiration today that if I decided to give up my business, I would potentially be giving up that element that's so important to me. Yeah. Especially when you want to be home with your kids, for your kids. Uh, How hard was it to write a book? Because to me, that seems super intimidating, (laughs) even though you've got a a brain full of all the ideas that you have, but to put pen to paper, like that's no joke. So I have a degree in creative writing and I graduated, what, 20 years ago, and I've never published a book until now. And I think because I told some friends this last night, I had an internship in a publishing company right after college. So I know what they call the the slush pile, which is when like all the books just get thrown in a pile and yeah. like, no and it's it's now digital. But I think I was so intimidated by that. Sure. So this you knew was, too much. <laughs> I knew too much behind I knew how the sausage was made, you know. <laughs> This was not the first book that I intended to write, and I'm still working on that book. This book came about because I teach the damn manifesto. I teach the do the damn thing method. It's what I speak about on stages, and I wanted this to be another way that people could access it. I wanted okay. to be more and more accessible to pe- to more people. And so once I had made that decision, it was, excuse me, it was very fast because I was taking material I'd been teaching for so long. And so that became very quick because I just knew I needed it out in the world. This other book that's more the story of from like my fire all the way through meeting Mark, that one's harder. Yesterday I sat down to write and I was like, I don't know what to write (laughs) today. And so I guess nothing will be written. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you want to feel the drive and the passion behind it. And some days you just don't have it. And that's in anything, you know, even going to the grocery store. (laughs) That's why Instacart is such a blessing. (laughs) And, And again, like I know I keep coming back to it, but the beauty of the knowing your yes is that taking a day off, taking a week off, is not going to derail you because you know the overall direction that you're moving towards. And what I teach in the end is micro actions. And it's just the smallest possible action that you will actually take. So my my goal when I write is to write at least a thousand words. Well, that was not happening yesterday. And so (laughs) My micro action might have been to like, okay, let me just write 500 words. And I might still have just been staring at the screen because it wasn't small enough. So I might just have said, write one word (laughs) and write one word after the other for the next 15 minutes and then you can be done. And because if you're still paralyzed, no matter what it is that you're doing, you need to break it down smaller. Yeah, that's so smart. Because it is easy to find an out. We we yeah. all do it. You know, it's like, oh, well, I, I should probably call my mom or <laughs> I should probably <laughs> be doing something. Need to be, that silver that I haven't used in seven years definitely needs to be polished today. Right. <laughs> that's awesome. Do you have a favorite letter of the damn acronym? Do you have a favorite? Oh, man, that's such a good question. Um, I, t- I spend a lot of time talking about the D. But the thing about it is they really all dance together, Mm -hmm. you know, so you can decide what you want to do, but then you have to check your own thoughts in the A. Um, I just did a podcast episode 
about the M, about moments, not minutes, when you know my child, or I lost my childcare for the week, and I chose to to create moments with my kids instead of trying to find a sitter for the morning. We went to the fair, and so it's really it is amazing what I found and why I'm so passionate about it. And I say the word "damn" all the time <laughs> is that once you see these things in your life, you cannot unsee them. Mm. You will now go once you like if you were to. So part of what I talk about in the book is like how we use the um, the decide and declare to buy bananas. Like we use it to buy cars. We use it to buy bananas. We use it what we're doing at work. And I like to show people how we've used it so that you can then see how you could. And once you see it, then you will always see it next time you're making a decision. You're like, oh, wait, hold on. I'm going through those questions and I might be doing it unconsciously, but I'm doing it. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. Well, I'm glad you spent that time with your kids. Yeah. Because even <laughs> uh, my kids are grown and I'm not going to try and sound like a mother-in-law, but the <laughs> saying is so true that the days are long, but the years are short. It goes so fast. So yeah. you do have to embrace those moments. They really mean everything. They, they do. do. And part of the beauty of the M is that if I am willing to be fully present in the moment with my kids, which means I don't have my AirPod in. Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, trying to answer emails while they're on the Ferris wheel. I mean, I might answer a text or something, but I'm not trying to straddle two different areas of my life. If I'm willing to be fully present with them, then when I am fully present with you here, with a client writing my book, I don't have to have that guilt because I know that I'm giving full presence to what I'm doing. Yeah. That's magical. Yeah. That's that's going to be my audio clip. <laughs> right there. I just found my sound bite. Thank you so much. My pleasure. <laughs> All right, Bevan, tell everybody how they can find you. Yeah, well, obviously you love podcasts, so you can go check out my podcast. It's called All the Damn Things. And I would love it if you also checked out my book, which is called Your Damn Manifesto. And that's on my website. You can go to yourdamnmanifesto.com or it's on Amazon. Oh, I'm so happy for you and so proud of you. Uh, all you. the things that you've been through. I mean, you're just, you just are coming out of it in such a positive, wonderful way. And it's very inspirational. So thanks for taking the time to be on my podcast. I really do appreciate it. And I hope you get back to health very quickly. Oh, thank you. Thanks for what you're doing in the world. I love it. And I'm honored to be a part of it. All right. Thanks a lot, Bevan. We'll be in touch. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.